0: Um, two reasons. Let me, um just to I, I hope that you find these encouraging. um so um but let me let me just go through, and uh, Lord law reminded me last week, hey, you just didn't you just went through quickly. You just kind of I said, yeah, you're right. let me so let me slow down, a little bit, slow down. All right, so my first slide is who <laughs> you know. Emmanuel. some of you may not know me, some of you know, obviously. Emmanuel Suarez, uh, founding pastor of Hope Community Church, 2013, Now I don't know if I got this right, and then Ron Jones, who's um, a founding pastor of Alton Fellowship, is that 2020 or 2019? What was 2020, 2020, okay. So, that, so it's, you know, so Lord, Lord you guys didn't even introduce you I was <laughs> like, I'm always operating like in like very familiar mode, you know. <laughs> but, you know, Lauren like, might, no, you just cut, didn't say so. Emmanuel, right, Ron, you know, and, um, and so and wha- and what's, what's going on? Well, so th- what's the purpose of all this? You know, so here I think we have a, you know, th- to provide a, a formal opportunity, right? Um, you know, we could do this, you know, informally, but, you know, we want to be open. We want to be able to include you in this journey, companionship, in a journey of making decisions, especially important ones in the church. We want to, we want to be um, open and so we want to provide a formal opportunity for both congregations not just ours right because there's um, two things going happen here to evaluate right um, Pastor Ron Jones and my, and myself right um, as we prayerfully consider are considering and, um, and all the indication appear that it seems like the Lord ple- it would please the Lord that Allentown fellowship Church would join our church and Pastor Ron would come in as a pastor and be a big help for us so that's really why we're doing this and Laura told me last week, you know, you, you didn't kind of give it. Uh, and that she was, you're right, I didn't really, I kind of took it for granted. But for some of you that maybe just, you know, you when know, we get people to come, you know, I may not have been Im- involved in the last couple of weeks. I just, you know, this is what we're doing. So we're creating an opportunity. And one of the ways that you can evaluate, there are many ways you can evaluate, this is not the only way, right? Um, you, you evaluate people every time, you know, like when you talk is to them pri- uh, individually, privately. Right, you, you, you get a sense. I encourage you. On both sides, you know, I, I've tried to reach out to the folks at Allentown Fellowship Church, and you guys can reach out to, to Ron and, you know, just get to talk and get to know him. Just, it's just getting to know each other. And then through that knowledge, through that, through those engagements, through those interactions, um, which this is one of them, right? This is one of them. This is a more formal, we're all together. And we're asking partic- particular questions, you know, that are pertinent right, you know, pertinent to their person, pertinent to the ministry, Uh, theological, simply theological is just a term that is used, what's your understanding about God, you know, and let's just be honest, we live in a world where people have different convictions, different ideas, and, you know, to each his own, everyone needs to know for themselves, right, but how can two walk unless they agree, the Bible says, so there has to be agreement at some fundamental level, not in every little detail, that, that's just not, you know, realistic, but in all the fundamental, essential, that they ought to be agreement, um, agreement, right, and so that's all, and so I think um, we have spent many hours together by ourselves, so, so, so we, we feel good, um, do I know him completely? No, but I'm get really getting to know, feeling more and more comfortable, I'm, I'm already, I already can start to anticipate things, how he how would feel about things, because I've, I've, I've engaged enough with Ron, you start to pick up, right? You start to know someone. Um, so, so, but now this is your opportunity on both sides to get to know us, right? To go, um, and to get to know, you know, some people don't really care about theology, and that's why the, we're in the mess that we're in, <laughs> because people don't care. So every Tom, Dick, and Harry that passes through the pulpit, you're just like, hey, you know. But it's good to be like the Bereans, you know? Who are, do you know who are the Bereans, who are the Bereans? Does anyone know who are the Bereans? Yes, yeah, so And who was the preacher? Was it Joel Osteen? Paul. <laughs> Paul was the preacher, and the bar- and the, bar- and the bar- said, Paul, whatever. <laughs> Let's, you know, like, that's good, right? You know, oh, he's Apostle Paul, and <laughs> I'm going to go to the scriptures to see what, they, what he has to say and if it comes – Amen, so the scriptures become our, our, our rule of faith and conduct, right? The scriptures, no man. Moment I go off straight, put me on the side. Dump me, find the first step the tank and, pour, and put me in there, <laughs> right? As soon as, right, it, I don't matter, right? Ron doesn't matter. The word of God matters. And, and we only matter to the degree that we can be aligned with the word of God. Amen? It's, just, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. Um, so, so we wanna be aligned with the word of God. So this is an opportunity for you to, to, to all right, so, all right, I'm not gonna go through the other slides, um, but I do wanna do one thing that we didn't do last week. Um, let's go to the slide where it says, uh, method, I think is method, because um, I really, in the recordings, it didn't come out. So in the recording, we didn't say the question, so it's like, the audience was listening to the recording, doesn't know what is being answered. So we're gonna, st- you're gonna state the question number, Right, you're going to state. Ne- secondly, we're going to display the question on the screen so everybody can see it. Thirdly, right, we're going to you're going to identify who the question is related to. So you'll say, question number 13 um, for Emmanuel or for Ron or for both, right? Um, and then what we're going to do is that we're going to use our mics to repeat the question. Right, we're going to repeat the question so that the recording can pick it up. All right, did that make sense? So you know, unfortunately. I realized the last time we didn't, we didn't say that. Um, and then, fifthly, I'll answer the question. We'll have a two-minute timer, so we have our, our two-minute recorder, Leah. You got, you got it ready? And by the way, thank you. Those red lines are a tribute to Leah's right, attentiveness. Can we say it, right? The red lines. I've never been happier for red lines. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have never known what questions were answered. I would've been like, well, I think we did that last week, did we not? You know, it could have been confusing, but praise God. Um, so if you don't mind, Leah, if you keep crossing them out. All right, so answer the question, two minutes, all right, and then um, we can't qualify everything. All right, so let's let's um let's get started. Okay, so um go ahead. So you guys obviously have had time. Yes. Third, so let's go 35 first. You repeat okay the so what
1: led you to start thinking about joining Hope Community Church um, from the inception of Allentown fellowship knowing that we were coming to an urban context we're originally from Philadelphia so we understand the urban context how difficult it is to to start a church to get it up and going so from day one Central to every time we met at AFC. Father, would you, if there are other people like minded that are trying to reach Allentown, allow our paths to cross? Now this was before I knew anything about Pastor Emmanuel. Understanding that the church is not it's not just about the building, it's about God's called out people. And I, I, I had to believe that there has to be others that are in a position of of leaders, shepherds, that need help, just like we needed help. And I know that might sound like, well, yeah, you got churches in every corner. But unfortunately, all pastors don't have that same mindset that it's one faith, one kingdom, one Lord. Sometimes we get in our silos and we want to protect our ministries, right? This is my ministry. And that has never been my heartbeat at all. Um, So about a Out, start talking informally. Did a couple outreaches together. You know the backpack, the Christmas time, and I guess it was maybe about four months ago. I said, "Wait a minute, this could be that guy." <laughs> and then we start talking, and kind of brought it up and said, eh, "Maybe we just start getting together and talking. Maybe God would have us merge." So that's that's kind of uh, that's what led to me.
0: And then, question thirty-six.
1: Why do you want to join Hope? Simply put, because Pastor Emmanuel gets it. <laughs> um, and again, I'm assuming all those that at Hope get it too, because that's your leader. So let me make that qualification. <laughs> right. um, but wanting to. Reach And not just reach people, understanding that there's this biblical mandate to not only do the Great Commission, but for the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. And so many pastors don't understand that. Like, you as individuals, if this is where you're going to choose to worship with a group of believers, you, the people, are the church. And there's a mandate for you as believers one another confess your faults to one another like there is this guarding of the local church growing in the knowledge and the faith of Jesus Christ that is so important and he's passionate about that and that's biblical and I'm passionate about that you know sometimes churches are all about outreach and outreach is definitely part of our commission but you have to start with the house of God first the called out saints already Sometimes you know churches will send people all the way over across the world, and they got people in their own congregation that are hurting, and they've never been ministered to. So, so he understands that. Um, so why do I want to join Hope? Because you guys are about that, and that's what AFC is about. Um, so I, I could say some other things, but that's that's essentially what. To start a church in Allentown, that's easy because my wife didn't want to go to Philly. That's <laughs> <laughs> mm, truth. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm not.
0: laughs> Wait, you said you don't blame her?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what part? Kensington. Oh, no. oh come on <laughs> Kensington in the house. This G town girl, right, <laughs> right? Married a G town girl, so. But no, seriously, We uh, when we came up from Philadelphia back in 2003 to Faith Church, and we were there for 17 years, I kicked and screamed the whole time. I did not want to leave Philadelphia and come up to the center. And my understanding, it didn't make any sense. It's like we were, as a matter of fact, when we left Westside Baptist Church in West Philly, they were in a process of the story short, we came up 17 years ministered in the suburbs of Philly and God taught me a lot of lessons. Number one, you don't tell the master what you're going to do or what you're not going to do. Number two, the same problems in the hood are the same problems in the suburbs because it's about the heart of man. So God did a lot of training for me to, to understand that. And then about our last year at faith, all of a sudden that same when God was saying leave West Side, <laughs> it was like, okay, you can go back to the urban context. And I was like, wait, what? Really? Like, uh, yeah, you can go. And I went to Monique and I said, I feel God calling us to go, start something, take a dying church, but in the urban context. What do What do you think about Philly? That would be the natural place to go, right? She's like, nope. <laughs> God, did, did I miss it? Because again, you never ever make a decision if your wife is not on board. God doesn't work that way. So I was like, so anyway, long story short, like, okay, maybe I missed it. And then, of course, we knew about Allentown. We know some of the pastors in the area. What about Allentown? That's urban, smaller, same issues, but smaller. And then she was like, well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So then we start checking out Allentown and she was like, okay,
0: the smallths <laughs> at <it> all <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I think we have a question in the back oh. I think. Yep. What what 55 Good question. One of the one of the things I like about uh, about Ron is um, oh that's right. Yes, thank you. Question number fifty-five. By God's grace, in what direction or goals do you have for the church in the next one to three years, and the next fifteen to thirty years? So yeah, this is a great question. Um, but look, but but to be specific, there's two areas of passion in my heart, and I think he already. You already mentioned it, one is to see the house of God healthy, people loving. So loving one another is like priority. Obviously, loving Christ, really really loving the Lord, right? Uh, loving the Lord, that's, that's, the, like, that's like foundational. You, we can't love each other unless we're loving the Lord. Um, the only reason I'm putting the stress on loving one another is because the New Testament takes for granted that you that you love the Lord and it puts more of the accent on loving one another because I think that's why our, our problems our know, struggles so a new commandment I give you love one another Jesus said I asked I said, why didn't you say a new command I give you love the lord your God with all your heart he, he's trying to rephrase it I believe for a, a reason and it's because he wants to put the stress because the battle for us is going to be one another so so loving one another having a healthy church that really loves one another right so that's more of a an in-house desire to see and then if we could take it further um prayer i man i, I would love to see the church be strong in prayer you know really crying out like in the interceding and really being an instrument of god to pray really take the concerns that god places in our hearts with people and really intercede in, 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 a, in, a, in a corporate way that really, like I love what Book of Acts, when the church prayed, the building shook, right? That there's a place, when you've heard the Koreans pray, you, you, you've seen, I've seen, even my own small church in, in, in the Bronx, they prayed. That's what I, I, I would love to see a prayer, a, a strength of prayer that I think reflects, one, you, you can't have that unless you love the Lord, right? Number two, those prayers are fueled by compassion for others, so I think prayer is a wonderful inter- intersection between loving God and loving your neighbor, loving your brother. That you that it, the greatest expression of that love for God and for people is in prayer. I, that's kind of so that so I, I could say a lot more. because we, we one of the things I love about Ron is that we 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 can dream. We could dream together. It's a, it's a we, we've been able to go back and forth the last few days, last few weeks, it's just been like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, so, so there's a lot that we can say, but we, we're limited.
1: see God raise up some that would say, you know what, I want to learn more how to do that so that I can even help the community. That's a big passion of mine. Um, and th- the other thing about this question is we both firmly believe, and I believe the Bible teaches it, you know, a lot of times churches come out and say, here's the 20 things we're going to do, but they don't stop and, number one, say, who has God brought to you? Because you're to do the work of the ministry. We're to So part of answering this question is, is you all, what do you feel God has gifted you to do? We know scripture says God has gifted every one of you, every one of you. Why? For the equipping, for the building up of the body, he's talking about the local body. Mm -hmm. So some of this direction goals Mm -hmm. rest on you and so part of the things, one of the Then when we see who God in his sovereignty has brought the whole community, now we know what direction we ought to go. Uh And now we give the equipping and the training within your gift.
0: We took the whole, We ho- we took all of Thursday to answer this question. <laughs> Thursday, you know. so I'll let you go. <laughs> twenty-five. And twenty-five. So question number twenty-five. Okay.
1: What is your view of the role of women in the church? Yeah, we could we could say a lot on this, but I'm glad we only got two minutes. <laughs> go. <Good. laughs> I, 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 I do believe that the the role of pastor elder. Is That being said, I believe that some churches totally minimize the use of women uh-huh. as a reaction to the male role being that of the pastor, elder, leader of the church. And I a, and and so I do believe that women again, I go back to the other question, God has gifted everyone, including women. Uh-huh. So what are those gifts that the women have in them? They need to be able to express those giftedness. And and I don't believe that that is deduced totally to just one thing. Women are allowed to just teach children in Sunday school and do nursery. I, I, I don't believe that's – that. well, that's it. That's the totality of what a woman can do in the church. I do not believe that. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, um, I, I believe when it comes to the pastoral position, the elder position, that God has designated that to be male. But there are other positions and roles that women can hold in expressing their giftedness to build up the body of Christ. So, I'll,
0: I'll that yeah, um b- b- very s- the same place you know where um uh, men are called to God calls men to lead, it's their responsibility to lead. Um that's the ideal and then women, you know, so in when Eve was created, she was called. Um, 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 God says, "I'm going to make what? A helper. So, helper. So we just stick with the word of God. M- women are gifted in helping ways, incredible. Let's just be honest. Women, I've seen women. I mean, if you've been in our church for any time long, <laughs> if it wasn't for the women in this church, we would we wouldn't have a church, because the women are helping. Not just the physical, pl- material needs, but prayer. Our biggest intercessors here are women. You know, so, so, so a, a woman ha- carries a large, I believe, a very large, she helps in the kingdom of God in all kinds of ways. But to lead, that's a man's job. It, that's very controversial in ta- nowadays, and it really should not be. And the, and the studies have shown that most women, want someone, a man to lead. Doesn't mean that they're in, that they're not useful. Women are very useful. Are you kidding me? If you read uh, Proverbs 31 and how she adorns the house, well, women adorn the house of God. So, so beautifully. Now I, I've been on both sides of the camp with people who have Chastise me because I don't use women enough. Because I don't put women to lead as pastoring, right? I'm like, not, we don't want. We're not going to do it. We don't feel like. Now, could there be exceptions? Maybe. Say, like, because men oftentimes drop the ball of responsibility. Let's be honest. Now, when men fail to lead, God will step up and make a woman right do what Sometimes a man is what's supposed to do, and we have that example in Deborah. But that's not the, the design. That's not the framework. So men, we need to lead. We need to rise up. One of the burdens that I've had is trying a hard time raise real men of God after after His heart. So, but woman, yes. Yeah. So I think our views are very similar. Um, and so there's much that a woman can do and 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 take real places of responsibility. You know, don't don't you know don't let the word help limit. You can have you can be responsible, but leading. It's a different is a different distinct role that is given to men. In the back.
1: In the
0: paper, but, but, we believe that the scriptures does not support eldership. So the, the word elder the, the 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 authority of the church falls in one category in the Bible and that's elder deacons don't have authority elders so when it comes to the role of authority in the church uh it it in the Bible there is no mention of anything with a woman so it it, it would not be biblical right now will I condemn somebody um you're going to hell. No, I'm not gonna. I'm, you know, I'm saying like there. The, my sister's a pastor. I just, I just, we 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 choose to. You no, know, I don't 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 think that a woman should be. But it's okay. You know, we're not gonna hate each other. But but we try to. I try to, to try and prove that a, a woman can be a pastor in the Bible is, um, is impossible because it's just not there. dichotomy and trichotomy. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, these are dinosaurs, dichotomous. Um, uh, tr- uh, tr- 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 <laughs> All right, so do, are we answering that for sure? Is that a, a question? Some of you should be able to figure out where this came from. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm like, okay. Question number 30. Do you believe in dichotomy or trichotomy? So we haven't, we haven't actually discussed this. So so, let's see, so dichotomy and trichotomy. So dichotomy means kind of two, trichotomy is three. So the question relates with the nature of man. It's an anthropological question. Is man made up of body and soul? Or is man made up of body soul, and spirit. That's the theological debate that has gone from, for hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> Some say it's two parts because of the Hebrew th- the word, you know, nepesh. <laughs> like, so is its is it two or is it three? What do you guys think? <laughs> you know, let me throw it back at you guys. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, great question. Uh, that, that, that's a great question. I Does it matter? Why does it matter? I think it matters because I do believe, and I'm, I'll give my cards out, I do believe, the, it seems to me that the Bible shows man is made of three parts. Um, let me just give you, for the sake, so you can see, you know, um, now, now, people might say, well, you know, um, you know, that doesn't prove it. But to me, you know, the, I, I, I don't know. I just, my, my view of Scripture is like just like, you know, let's not get so complicated. <laughs> like, um, so let's go to, um, let's see. Um, um, second, First Thessalonians chapter um, 5. But if you're, you, I have wonderful brothers in the Lord. That have a dichotomous view. I love them. It's so totally fine. Totally fine. To me, this is a non essential. Non essential. That's why we haven't even discussed it, because it's a non essential. But you know, if you have to pull, put me in the corner and I have to answer the question, well, I'm going to say, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept... <laughs> That's the way I'm going to answer you, right? I, 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 don't, I don't have any words for myself. So now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be... Uh, how, many, how many parts are there? Three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'm not that complicated. I'm like... <laughs> To me, it's pretty straightforward, but but that's okay. There are people that are like, well, well, I don't, know, I, I'm not sure how they answer this one. I think I heard someone say, well, you know, spirit and soul is the same. I'm like, well, but why would Paul, why would Paul say, now though, may the God of peace, peace, peace. No, he said it once. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, like, well, he makes it. He's making a distinction. So I, I think it's three. What do you, What do you think? No, I, 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 w- I know we haven't
1: talked about this, but I kind of land there too. Um, versus love love, love God, soul, mind, right? You look at Adam when Adam was created. There he is, created, right? He's flesh. Okay, there's part one. Then God did what? Breathed the spirit in him. There's two. And Adam became a what? Living soul. There's three. So again, I think it's uh one of those in house debates that theologians like to have with cigars. I don't smoke. <laughs> guys who have these debates usually have cigar guys maybe that's that's why. right but anyway so that, that that's that's where I would follow <laughs> trichotomy so i have a number of questions, but also follow up questions to
0: this statement. being that resistance die and you got you a lot us to have the whole story in so does that mean that prior to the don he didn't have the whole spirit uh, in the the great question so i thought about this whole thing with trich so i'm like mm. So I think, and again, I, these are things I, I can derive from scripture, but I think when Adam fell, he died. What died? I think I that, think why Why spirit? Because John says, those that worship God must worship God in what? In spirit and truth. So it seems like, and the gift of the holy not soul, it's not the uh, the holy body, the Holy Spirit. Leads me to believe that at the fall, something died spiritually in man. Um, So in a sense, there's a death. So so I'm comfortable saying this, that, now, whether it can be proved by Scripture, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm comfortable saying that the unredeemed man is two parts, the, the regenerated man. I I like that. Something is fundamentally missing in the person who does not know Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, there's a lot more than just a component of your essence, whatever. But I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I'm comfortable so that when Jesus Christ comes and we come into Christ, our spirit is renewed, is new, it comes alive, and it's in that spirit that we experience God. So it's, that's the bridge. It's not through my body. My body is under death. My soul is just feeding my, right? So, but my spirit has been renewed, and it's that spirit that communes with God. So I, I see that having been, having been an unregenerate man and now having been a regenerate man, I, there's something on the inside I can't control that loves God, always talking to Jesus, right? I didn't have that like 40 years ago. Uh, everything on the inside was like the mats, food sleep <laughs> like, like you, you say it was just like a whole different movie you know but now after jesus christ and the holy spirit came in it's like i never forget it when i first became saved. it's like i can't stop this praying machine on the inside. i have a praying machine stop it stop it i haven't following it was like it was like beautiful it was like communion with god all the time pray without ceasing right but that's because the holy spirit has renewed so yeah great 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 you know sometimes those things are, are you want to think about that go. Question fourteen. Oh uh, good 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 question. These kids you're going some good do you, kn- do you know do you know the origin of So that's a technical term, in, in yeah. I What um, is
1: your understanding of original sin? Right? Um, so again I'll give you the two minute answer because <laughs> 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 um, Bible says that sin and death So David says, in my mother's womb, I was shapen, crafted in iniquity. I was born dead, spiritually stillborn. That's the way I like to look at it. Alive but dead, right? Ephesians says we were dead in our sins, right? But then we were made alive, right, By, by God. So Adam, through his disobedience, through him, severing the separation, the fellowship mm-hmm. between he and God, Holy God, that now is passed
0: down to every human being. So,
1: that's I'm, uh, I'll rest. You want to add to that?
0: No, that's pretty much it. And th- the distinction is made because not everybody believes in original sin. Right. So, regi- a lot of people say, "No, I don't believe in original sin." And and so, original sin, like you said, is the, the conviction that the Bible teaches. That the moment you are conceived, you are conceived in sin. In other words, you're doomed to hell. Period. You don't have to commit crime. You don't have to smoke crack. You don't have to do anything. You are already, because of Adam, not because of anything that you did, because of Adam, you come into the world a loser. <laughs> it's like, 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 we're, we're losers. We hate God. You don't have to be trained to hate God. The, 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 the seed is already there. It, it just has to germinate. And every little co- child, just look at them at the age of two, and they want to rip that car out of your hand because that car is mine. <laughs> they, who taught them that? Did they go to seminary to that? Nope. It's already in there. You know? so, so, so that's important because there are people that deny that. Once you deny that, you've got real big problems. Because they, G, the cross of Jesus Christ, it diminishes the sacrifice of Christ. So, so we have to, we're, we're guilty. Whether we're, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be good. No one's good. No one is good because of original sin. No one is good. Nobody's good. P- get that out of your mind. We're not good. We're not good at all. We're rotten to the core. Only Jesus Christ makes a difference. Right? A, a lot of people don't, there are people that did they don't want to sing this. Can you believe it? There are people that, uh, they not want to sing singing grace How sweet the sound. that saved Don't, no, no, uh, no, don't say wretch. You're not a wretch. Can you believe there are people saying that? You're not a wretch. We're wretches without Christ. Amen? So, Richardson is a very important doctrine. It, it's It's the idea that we're lost. Apart from, we need a miracle. No good works will ever erase the sinful nature. No good works. Uh, 42. Forty forty two. Let's let's bring it up. And then, who's it to? Who's it, who's it for? Um, so it's, a, it's a, this question is uh, just more generally broad, like what was the most difficult time in your ministry? But what brought us to be? Um, it's a separate question. So, yeah. which one are you more interested in? In ministry, or in?
1: was the most difficult time in your ministry? Wow. Well, I'm going to say probably the most difficult time was confronting a pastor who was very established in ministry. And yet there were some things in their character This was a plurality of elders, kind of like what Pastor Emanuel said last week, kind of equals, but there's one leading, right? Equal among,
0: how did you say that? First among equals. First
1: among equals. So he was the first First. among equals, and so I went and confronted. Um, In love, it was not received. So then I brought. And so, to make a long story short, um, that confrontation probably lasted for a number of months. Um, and it got to a place, and you know, Monique knows best because obviously she's my wife and felt, saw me wearing it on many times I wanted to. so that actually led to me um, writing a resignation and at that time again although i had been on staff for a number of years i was still the newbie if you if you will and these you know other people had been there for 20 30 years and everyone began to just kind of well This is bigger than a difference of opinion. These are some character issues. So long story short, um, I told Monique, I said I'm going to resign. I'm going to resign. So I wrote my resignation, and that was probably the most hardest thing I've ever written. And when I went to give it to the chair of the deacon board, he said, "Could you just hold it for thirty days and pray over it?" I said, "I don't need to pray over it, man. I just..." But when it, when somebody says, "Pray over it some more," okay, fine and then that opened up the floodgate where people start calling it what it was. And so I ended up not resigning. But it we went through emotional hell and back with that. Um, now I, I will, so that was the most difficult thing. But I will say, and praise God, I ran into this minister not too long ago, who is since no longer at the church. And he praise God for that. You know, And I said brother we're good, praise God. You know, but that that was very difficult. Very difficult. So
0: Yeah, um you know, I I I that's why I appreciate his experience because uh, he's been in the context which I think would be very hard for me. You know, I was just to <laughs> myself. But um so his, you know, but I've had I've had um you know, recently, not, I, I think I, I, I sh- actually shared with the church maybe a few weeks ago that one of the most hardest things happened to me about a few weeks ago. And um, and that one, you know, and in the ministry, the ministry is hard. You know, in the ministry, you're called to die and to suffer. It's a call to die and to suffer um, in, in every sense of the word. Um, and y- it just, is Isaiah like 53. But you know this one. This one affected me a lot. Um, this was more personal in the sense that it happened in the context of the, of the ministry. Um, just having someone on my side, I thought was on my side, and um, and left. You know, decided to leave. And it's the way it happened, I felt hurt for about two weeks. I felt hurt. I felt whoa. And, you know, you know, you ever felt those hurts? It's like Lord, why is this not going away? I feel this pain in my heart. Uh, and take it away. Take away this pain in my heart. You know, just if I felt abandoned. I felt a friendship that we've known for a long time, and um, couldn't understand it. I, and I still today I don't I don't understand it. You know, just. But you know I, you know, but I, I you know I think the Lord through that time um, I, I I remember kept saying to the Lord thank you for this pain. I, just, I was able to just say that pain is working wonders for me, conforming me to the image of the Son of God, right? Helping me. So I, I was able to turn quickly to see that the pain that I was feeling in my heart for the situation that happened, um, that just seemed to me um, just out of the blue, um, with no, no sense of like, wow. Um, even after asking help, you know, it's just like, y- you know, and to be abandoned in your time of need. Um, yeah, that was hard. That was painful. So that was, I would say, I think pound for pound, that may have been the most difficult thing. I think I told Laura, right, So that, that was the most diff- this is the most difficult time I'm going through. And uh, it was just painful. I mean, sometimes you have moments that you don't, that are, but this one lasted for like two weeks. And so, yeah, I, I would consider that to be, like, the, you know, friends that you know that you felt were friends. and very supportive, and and then to, um, and the Lord really comforted me from from Isaiah fifty, um, Psalm fifty five, when David says, you know, I, if it was a if it was like my enemy. But it was y- you an equal. I, I was able to really connect with Psalm fifty five in a way I had never. I can only speak that and speak of it th- theologically. Oh, this is Christ with Judas. And yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. But I could never identify with that. But I, now I can. <laughs> now I can. So We've got a number of hands. Let's see. I think Sue's hand went first. Number seven. Number seven.
1: You or someone in your household. Okay, for you or someone in your household. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's me. (laughs) I mean, that's the one that's right there. Um, I I shared the story of how. Did I share the story of how I met Pastor (laughs) Major? Yeah, last time in a thrift shop and all that. Yeah, yeah, So, um, but no, really, that, 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 that really is. I mean, I. And again, yeah, Pastor Emanuel said it. You know, <laughs> it's hard to describe what it's like to be a pastor, unless you're a pastor. It is, and can be, not that it needs to be, but sometimes it is. One of the most loneliest things to be and do. And I'm not saying that to cue the violins. It's just a reality. Uh, when you look at the Apostle Paul and he talks about. shipwrecked and not to mention the anxiety of the churches. I'm like, yes, brother, yes, I feel you, right? Um, and, and and so I think what's harder or what makes it even more difficult is when you meet other pastors that don't get it. Right? So So now you both are in a difficult role and then like you don't get it. This is all about you. You're making the ministry about you. Come on, man, it's not about you. It's about Christ rally around, hold each other accountable, pray for one another, right? So so when you find somebody that's like that. And look, I'll be honest, this person that I just talked about with the most difficult one of the most difficult times started out that way. But, but that is something that obviously, in light of where we are right now, that is something that's at the forefront of answer prayer because I've been praying for this since day one of AFC, not knowing what it was going to look like, and we've just been plowing away, doing what we're doing. Just h- how can we reach Allentown? How can we? Uh, but 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 this has always been the prayer, Lord, if you would.
0: yeah I agree that this is this is you know there's so many I have in my mind, but um I mean the way the Lord met me uh, praying Lord for my cancer, you know, not knowing what the journey looked like and just asking him and him meeting abundantly, like Lord, may I never miss be able to have a Bible study thing like that I mean Specific prayer requests where, where where the Lord was able to sustain me, pretty much. Um, but I think about this building. I think about the, this, this building. You know. <laughs> it's like I, I, I would have this. I would look at this huge building, uh, and I would ask the Lord, Lord, you know, nothing is too difficult for you. <laughs> it's like and we were such—it was a small church. I've always been a small church. We look at this building, and and um, and I just, for the kids' sake, my heart—you know—there were specific ways I prayed to the Lord, because of the children, keep us as a as a as a, as a, as a testimony of stability. And when the Lord answered, just miraculously. And I'll never forget one time. You know, I I had an architect come in, and um, and this guy was just. Discouraging, <laughs> and he's going through the building. He says, Oh, oh it. you're gonna need to get like a whole architect, you know, engineering with uh, uh, air volume per square footage. <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna have to put this, and you're gonna have to put that. And it was just like using all this language, I didn't even understand. You're gonna need this, you're gonna need that, just the plans themselves, like 15,000.
1: Bang, 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 bang,
0: bang. And I'm like, wow, oh, Lord. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. As he's talking and he's just rambling. So I stayed back. And the moment he gives some distance between me and him, I felt the Lord say, It's, yours. It, it's like it's like the when the Lord said, Um, remember, remember when um I think it was Jairus' daughter coming and somebody said oh don't worry don't bother the master uh, she died already and Jesus turned to him and said what did he turn to him fear not only believe and that that was my moment it was like the lord saying and he will do it and that took some time but the lord just miraculously i mean with the financing the more i mean it was just like one miracle after another god just providing and sure enough, you remember the day we closed and I was on cloud nine. I said, Oh, wow, this business is ours. I, I was just so amazed. I was just so like overwhelmed. You, th- some of you guys know some of the stories of where I went to, how the Lord, how the owner calls me up and says, Oh, um, by the way, don't forget to pack your bags because I have a tenant coming in. An, a, a guy's going to come by the building. And he specifically asked for your space. I'm like, Are you serious? And I said, hey, Jay, is there anything that we can do to counter-offer? Silence? No, my friend. (laughs) I'll never forget. I should write a book called No, My Friend. (laughs) No, my friend. (laughs) I mean, that echoed in my mind. No, my friend. (laughs) For weeks, it was basically game over. He said, I need you out by the end of September. And I remember, Laura, I called you. I said, I said, I can't tell the church. And I just prayed. I said, well, I'm going to my room to pray. Lord, I think you told us this building is ours. So What can you do? I don't, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, sometimes it's not good to sow. You know, I just, I just went to my room, prayed, and I said, Let, let's pray. So, <laughs> every time I walk through this building, I feel like Sarah holding Isaac. <laughs> laughter. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just wonderful. This is my this is my Isaac. And I'm like God is so awesome. We're like so small and insignificant, but God is big. Amen. And that's what I love about our journey. It's been we're small, but our God. yeah it's like wonderful they They rejoiced when we told them remember that they they jumped up and down yeah Leroy
1: Catholic. And the reason we were raised Catholic is because my father found out that if you are Catholic, you can go to Catholic school at a 50% discount. (coughs) (coughs) And we were raised in the hood, in a very bad neighborhood. And the last thing he was going to do is send his eight kids to the local public school. So there you go. We got catechized and went through communion, went through the whole bit. I became an altar boy. Father, forgive me. It's been two days since my last confession. I served (laughs) communion, the whole bit. So at that age, I'm thinking I'm a Christian. Um, What's interesting is my mom, all throughout these early years, would always pull me aside and say, Ronald, are you saved? so it was actually my mom, because my mom and dad did not have a good marriage. So it's not like I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know, um, My dad's motivation was education. My mom was a true believer. And so she would she kept asking me. And I remember I, 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 I was like, why does she keep asking me if I'm saved? I go to mass, I go to communion, I go to confession, I do the sacraments. Mom, I, and then she would always say, son, that does not make you a Christian. So constantly, constantly. So I get up coming out of middle school into my high school years. And again, she's like, son, have you accepted Christ? I said, mom. And see, this is, and some of you may realize this. When you talk to someone who's a Catholic, it's very difficult. Because if you were to ask me, do I believe Jesus Christ rose, died? uh, Absolutely. I said the Apostles' Creed, every mass. Suffered and died in the Pontius Pilate, right? Third day, rose again, and it to the Father. And so people would scratch and say, well, no, I think Ronald is saved. He knows the gospel. You have to go a little deeper, and you have to ask a Catholic this. Are you trusting only in the death of Jesus Christ? Now, a true Catholic will tell you, well, no, because it's ongoing grace through the sacraments. And that's what my mom knew, and that's why she kept saying only. So I remember... um, In my room, and I was like, God, I thought I was a Christian, but I I ask you to save me on the merits of Jesus Christ alone. And it's amazing that for the first time in my life, I didn't, you know, the the stars didn't open up, and you know, everybody has different experiences, right? I continued to go to Catholic Mass. That's all I knew. And all of a sudden, everything was different. I'm listening to the priests. then a friend of mine invited me to a a church of god because he knew i played the saxophone he said man we need a sax player you want to come so i went just to play the music and that's the first time i heard somebody actually open up the scripture and preach a sermon rather than like a little 15 minute homily and then it's like my heart was just i wanted more of that i wanted more so
0: need to answer that? I think it's the hope. you are not sure if you know the Alright. word, bro. Uh, <laughs> 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 Um Make a long story short, because I know it. Uh, my brother, I grew up in a church all my life. My father was a pastor. My mom, um, godly parents, god, totally godly. Um, so I, you know, I kind of grew up in the church, uh, going to church four or five times a week. And uh, But when I became, um, in 1986, 85, 86, my brother sent me a letter from the Marines. He had encountered Jesus Christ. So it's one thing to go to church. It's another to encounter Christ. Right? <laughs> he encountered Christ. And in his letter, I'm reading it, and I'm trembling. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's the summertime. It's not, it, it's, I shouldn't be nervous, but I'm reading the letter, and I'm just feeling uncomfortable. I'm just trembling. And I'm like, what's? um i knew i didn't know right away what it was but i realized it was a conviction of the holy spirit he's got something i don't have he was telling me mommy and poppy what they taught us is true he said that like about five times what mommy and poppy taught us is true jesus is real and then his his letters just go it's like 12 pages like and i'm like wow and i'm nervous and like put the letter down and look at the mirror I said ah i'm uncomfortable uncomfortable with this you know uh, little by little um, after reading the letter, that's when I began to like have a dialogue with Jesus. and say, I just knew, had a dream, you know. This is the influence of my Pentecostal church. <laughs> Jesus coming, the rapture was taking place. And I, in my dream, I opened those shades. I see saints in the air. And I'm not in the air. And I'm like, Jesus. And in my dream, I cry out, oh, the Lord, please take me. You know, like. And in the dream, I, I bend down, and I feel myself leaving, and I wake up. That got me like, okay, I got I to get, I got to, you know, so whatever, whatever reason, you know, I, I think it was a, a dream that the Lord allowed, you know, just because it was in my, my within the scope of my, world, uh, my Christian worldview, and it, it triggered, and yes, Jesus is coming back, and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And so I began to pray, and really got saved in prayer. Um, after my brother's, no one else ever talked to me. I mean, you know, my father, but not, but not really. My after my brother's letter, um, I began to pray. I would I would come home from school and pray for four or five hours in my room. And I would be like, "Okay, Lord, Jesus, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Th- I don't know you from Adam. I don't know you from Santa Claus. I really don't know you. I've heard a lot about you, but honestly, I don't really know you." And every day it was just like, "Ah, I'm talking to the walls." So I'd have this dialogue with myself for four or five hours. I was just like in the room. Started to read my Bible a little bit, but you know. Um, but I kept it up. I would come home, take my bag, put it down, lock my door, close the door, boom. From like three to about seven, eight at night. Just crying. And the bend the floor is saying, you No, know, I, I, I want to know you, but you know, I don't know who you are. I don't even know if you exist. Little, I remember the one thing I remember saying is like, Well, I know one thing about love, and that if you you are love, then you're gonna come to me because love always goes to be the person. I remember saying that, and for some reason, there's something about that. And sure enough, little by little, I got consumed in prayer, and it's uh, the only thing I wanted to do just. It it was still work. It was still not, like, easy, but there was an engine that was turned on on the inside. And I believe God, through that process, brought me to himself. And um, when I I leave that, maybe four to five months later, I go back to school. I'm a totally different person. My whole mind has changed. I started going to church. So it was a process of prayer that the Lord changed my heart. My brother's letter co- brought conviction, caused me to pray, to seek the Lord in prayer. And and in that process, God changed my heart. All right, I think one more, and then we're going to, we're ready, right, pretty much? Yeah, we've got one more question. Um Ben. All the hard ones at the end, yeah.
1: <laughs> what is your understanding of how one discerns God's calling on his life? Um, and this, this you may have heard people say this before. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, if there is something else you could do, as far as, uh, I, I'm going to oh. answer this in the context of being a pastor. If there's something else you could do, go do it. God brings everyone on the same path, the same journey. God is just too big to be like rubber stamping people. Um, The last thing I wanted to do was to be a pastor because of the hypocrisy, the immorality I saw in churches when I was in college. It's the last thing I wanted to do. Um, And so what does God do think it is God who puts the desire in you. I, 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 I honestly do. Um, now I know the scriptures say if any man desire the office of a bishop, but again, we don't have time to unpack all that. I don't think that's just me deciding I want to be a pastor. Uh-huh. I believe there's a call to it. The idea is hey, you think you're called? You desire it? Okay, make sure your life matches this. Right? So I think God begins to work in your heart your desires begin to change, he actually puts the desire in you to do this particular type of ministry. And so when I look at how I ended up becoming a pastor, if you were to go back, like I I can go back (laughs) in hindsight and look at all the traits. So, I think he works through you planning. A man directs his, plans his ways, right? God directs his steps. I think he mm-hmm. works through the desires he places in your heart. I think he works through the confirmation of other people who see the giftedness in you and say, hey, have you ever okay? Um, and then I think lastly, um, you're not
0: yeah um very good i mean there's there's one way to approach the question um i I'll, I'll I'll focus it more well from a point of view just general not necessarily all not just not just ministerially but you know although everything is really ministry and that is um delighting yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart um the idea that um putting a lot of stress on really enjoying Jesus Christ for yourself. And then out of that enjoyment, right, it's amazing how out of that enjoyment comes mission, right? Um, if you I was looking for that passage. I believe it's in Mark when the Lord calls the disciples, that they might be with Him. Secondly, and then he might send them out to preach. But first, right, first is be with him. Enjoy him. Delight in him. Sing songs to him. Have fun with him. Have you ever read your Bible? I, Jesus has a great, I know the Bible has a great sense of humor. I know you guys know that. Sense of, I, I've never talked about reading my, I'm just laughing. Like this is so funny. You're just delighting in the Lord and just enjoying him. And let delight yourself in the Lord, enjoy Him, make Him a true delight. You know, a lot of people use Jesus. You're not going to use Him. He's a person, just like you, just like me. He wants to be loved, and He wants you to. Lo- he wants to love you, right? He wants right. There's there's a relationship there. It matters to Him. It matters. So I always tell people: just delight in Jesus. Have fun with Him. Spend time with Him in prayer. Read His Word. Delight Him. And don't worry about, well oh, what are you calling me to do? Is it to um, give out bread? Is it to, like, you know, and we get caught up in the mission, and we get caught up in all the things that we have to do, but, but just fall in love with him, delight in him. And it's amazing that when you do that, before you know it, you, you start to feel what he feels, and he opens up your heart to, you know, to things that he wants you to do. And um, and that that has been my experience. You know, just, I came to know Christ, and, I wanted things, you know, in the Lord, but then the Lord would not give them, so I learned the discipline of finding all that I needed in Jesus, and then out of that, well, of just enjoying Jesus, I love to spend time with Jesus, my favorite thing to do is to be alone with Jesus, right, I mean, being with you is close, <laughs> really, trust me, but, but, but there's just a joy being with Jesus, and then, you know, it doesn't show you what, an- what questions we answered. So, But take it home, you can read it, and, um, and we're gonna continue next week. The reason, let me just bring a little bit of update. The reason why we're doing this continuously is because um, Ron did share with me that there, you know, there, there are factors outside of their control. One of them is the space that they were renting is no longer gonna be available starting, uh, I believe it was this month or next month. Starting in August. So that, so, and with all the meetings here that we're having, there was no point of him paying for July. So I said, hey, no problem. We are gonna expedite the evaluation. We're gonna dedicate this month, month of July to just be together. I, I don't think we need a lot. And to release that burden so they don't have to, you know, we don't need to delay this anymore. So uh, we think we have plenty of time in July to evaluate things. and." Come at the end of July, we'll just simply um, come up with a decision. Um, I think it's going extremely well. Feel the Lord is in it. I trust you feel that too. So let's just go finalize it. We're not you know, in any rush, but we'll finalize the process by the end of, the August, by, by the end of July. We'll continue next week. We'll have continued opportunity. But I think this is clearly a gift from God to us. So, But we'll continue next week, continue to pray, and, and we'll we're, gonna, we're just going to move forward. This is the beginning of a good thing. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to eat. Let me pray as we, we end. And now, like last week, we pray for the food only to go to the fellowship hall and wait 20 minutes for man to come to pray for the food. And I was like, um, I thought we prayed for the food at, you know. <laughs> so where's Laura? That's the problem. <laughs> I think she was, not, she was not here last week. So I thought, I'm not Are We already praying? Oh, wow. So, so let's um, pass along. We don't have to pray over there. We can go make the lines, get your food, h- who, and eat. If anybody's willing to stay a little longer after we eat, we have some setup and prep stuff. But no, no rush. Let's eat, and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue, right? Thanks again for all your patience and all this. So let's pray. When you, Pastor Ron, why don't you go ahead and um, just close us out in prayer?
1: Father, thank you again for your grace, God. Uh, thank you for the time of uh, just being together getting to know one another better father we just commit this whole process to you we pray that you would just continue to confirm in everyone's heart uh, lord what you're doing for your glory for your kingdom we pray now for the food we pray god that you bless it for the nourishment of our bodies bless our conversations around the table and again we just thank you god for the opportunity to be together once again in christ's name amen
0: amen, amen. amen. so you can walk back once you pass those double doors Make a left and then the fellowship hall to your right.